0: I'm Christy Gupton, and I'm an employee benefits advisor. Welcome to Healthcare Solutions, a podcast where we explore innovations in healthcare, cost containment strategies, and employee well-being. We'll discuss every way possible to turn our healthcare system back into the kind of environment where patient care comes first and costs go down as a result. I invite you to join me to hashtag Let's Fix Healthcare. In today's episode, I'm talking with Mark Watson and Kent Thomas. Mark Watson spent 24 years as the Innovative HR Director at Union County, North Carolina. As of January 1st, 2019, Mark was named the Union County Manager. Mark is credited for bringing direct primary care as an embedded benefit in the employee health plan at Union County, a move that has saved millions for Union County taxpayers. Joining us on this podcast is also Kent Thomas of Carolina Health Alliance. Kent has advised Union County as they've implemented cost-saving innovations in their prescription drug benefit and other plan design improvements. The recurring theme you'll hear today should remind you of the highest calling of a true fiduciary. That is, to act solely in the interest of plan participants and their beneficiaries. Listen here and learn from these two shining examples of what a true fiduciary is. Okay. We're here today with Mark Watson, Union County Manager, and Kent Thomas of Carolina Health Alliance. So guys, thanks for joining me and recanting some of the the successes that you've experienced here in the last couple of years at Union County, North Carolina. I think both of you have become a bit of folk heroes to plenty of uh, local governments around the country who have um, needed and wanted information about how to save money in healthcare, but not really known how or where to start. So I think I speak for a lot of us in saying, very interested to learn the real story from the guys who did it. So, um, so Mark, um, help me, help all of us understand a little bit from a, a chronological historical perspective what you were experiencing um, in your health plan when you started looking into uh, some of the solutions that you ended up implementing like direct primary care and, and then some others and tell us that story.
1: Well, our story actually started back in 2002, and our county had experienced um, runaway costs for its employee health plan. Um, We had um, bumped up against uh, some pretty significant increases year over year. Um, The Board of County Commissioners was not satisfied with the status quo uh, and made their uh, feelings on the topic uh, crystal clear.
2: (laughs) Yeah.
1: Um, And that really started us down a a path um, that has really led to current day um, 2002. Uh, there were some pretty significant changes um, in the the health field, health benefit field. Uh, you had consumer-driven health plans were just being introduced. Um, health. Reimbursement accounts had just been re- had just been uh, introduced health savings plans were not even available at that time um, but we had we knew we had to do something different okay and just like everybody else that struggles with cost, you know you s- the questions are you know what do you do about that?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: how do you address it? Um, how do you get the real? Answers. How do you get the? How do you know when you you get the real answers? Mm-hmm. Because generally, and in our case at the time, <clears throat> between uh, the broker we were working with and the uh, health plan provider um, that we were working through, um, we only got information and financials. Um, that they believed were important to us.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and that's problematic. Um, you know, I wanted to see the whole picture, not just part of the picture, part of the financial picture. Um, but that started us down a path. We, uh, we spent several months, um, I, I call it dissecting our health plan um, we had some employee focus groups we were interested in knowing you know, does the plan even meet the needs of our employees and the families um, that we cover <clears throat> um, we tried to dissect the plan in terms of the financials and that became a problem because we only had partial information, right. we only had partial financials and only the financials that the carrier and or the broker wanted us to see. Mm. So again, that's problematic when you're trying to understand you know, what the cost drivers are and how do you get your arms around um, the runaway costs. So 2003, um, after many months of of work, we implemented a consumer-driven health plan it had some pretty unique features. Um, we actually did away with copays altogether. Um, we instituted some affordable um, deductibles. Actually, there were two levels of deductibles uh, an entry level deductible and a major deductible. Um, those deductibles were determined not only based on the impact of cost to the employer, but also in looking at what was the impact of cost to the employee. Right. Um, Because up to that time, all the conversation had always been about the cost to the employer. Well, from an employee's perspective, and every employer should be interested in the affordability of their health plan and the health benefits to the employee,
2: That's
1: right. so you take your, you know the the entry level employee can they even afford the health coverage? Can they afford to put their family on the health coverage? Right. So there was a lot of questions like that, and our our deductible levels were set with that in mind. We also did something fairly unique in that um, we started making prescription uh, drugs, generic prescription drugs, available at no cost. And um, I, will, I will have to give our county manager at the time credit for that decision. Um, as an HR director, I probably would have never even suggested that we, we make generic prescription drugs available free. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you, when you understand what the true cost is and you understand what the cost to the plan is for both generic and brand, it, it becomes a no-brainer. You know, if the average cost of a brand is $140 and the average price of a generic is $40, you know, right. for every generic you can convert, you know, the plan is saving a hundred dollars. And at the time, we had a two percent generic penetration, and within ninety days, we had established a fifty percent generic penetration. And our gen- our generic penetration right now is running in the eighty-eight percent range. Um, Sounds like that
0: strategy worked.
1: <laughs> it did, and and in a big way, especially when you consider the cost impact to the member yes. my, one of my favorite stories is that we had a um, we were rolling this plan out and we had a uh, and at the time we would covered uh, retirees so we had this one particular uh, tax collector who was a retiree we had and we were having these open meetings And I got to the the part in the presentation where we were talking about the zero cost on generic drugs. And this particular individual was known to be somewhat of a curmudgeon. Mm -hmm. And so, and and he happened to be sitting on the front row, his favorite place, (laughs) you know, as I'm doing this presentation. And uh, so as soon as I start talking about zero cost on generics, Uh, He gets up in the middle of, you know, the presentation and walks out of the room. Well, as an HR director, and you're giving your your introduction to a new health plan, that's not a good sign. Mm -hmm. So you prepare for what may be coming next. (laughs) In a few minutes, he comes in. He walks right down the middle of the room and has a seat right there on the front row where he had been seated before and I was just finishing up the presentation and I asked uh, very reluctantly I might (laughs) add are there any questions because I knew there was going to be a question from this particular individual and sure enough his hand went straight up and not only did his hands go up he 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 stood up (laughs) and and uh I just—I was braced for what may be coming next, but what happened was he turned around to the group and he announced to everyone that he was on seven different maintenance medications and that each of those maintenance medications were costing him $40 out of pocket every month. Each, seven? Each. Right, wow. And that he had just gone outside and called his doctor, who, had, who told him that five of his maintenance medications came in generic form. So you can imagine, right? I mean, do the simple math right, right. off the bat. You know, five generic medications that he's paying $40 a month each for,
2: mm-hmm.
1: under, for under a copay situation he is now going to pay zero for and he is going to on a fixed income, on a retirement income he's going to save $200 a month.
0: If he'd have been a woman, he'd have gone shoe shopping right after that.
1: <laughs> so so he was obviously he was very excited and uh, of course that got the attention of everybody else in the room but if you think about that he saved two hundred dollars a month. How
0: much did everybody else
1: save? Yeah. Well, how much did the plan save? And
0: the plan—that's right. That's
1: okay. So if, if if it was if we were paying a hundred dollars, you know, uh, if the differential was a hundred dollars for for our brand drugs, those five medications—that's five hundred dollars a month that the plan
0: just on that individual just
1: saved on that one individual
0: so do you remember back then what kind of a trend bend you and you know you got to see at that time for, from that type of behavior
1: well in the first year and you got to think about it, this was 2003 so in that first year there was with you know our our generic penetration only going up to 50%. As I recall, there was somewhere between 750,000 and 1 million in cost offset mm-hmm. to the plan just by the members making the choice to go with generic,
0: right?
1: Well, that's pretty significant.
0: It's very significant.
2: dollars,
1: right. So, if you take it and and run that out on 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 today's numbers, you know, with penetrations, you know, in the high eighties, bumping ninety percent, uh, and you take the current cost of brand generic differential, then you're talking somewhere in the four to four and a half million dollar range.
2: No kidding. Yeah.
1: So I mean that that's real money. It is. You know, and so we have by doing, I guess, by doing the homework. Up front by understanding the financials which I believe is in, incredibly I say it's not it's not difficult but it's it, it, the information oftentimes is not readily available because either the broker and or the carrier you know put the uh proprietary and confidential label on that information, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and so you don't have it or they don't share with you how are the rates developed, what goes into that. Um, So understanding that up front is critical, but the, the, the bottom line is that we have maintained Basically, the same health plan since 2003 with incredibly, the the financial stability and predictability of the plan has been incredible. Um, We generally end our year within 1% of what we project the cost to be, Um, and a lot of people will question that you know how can that be how can it be how can the number be uh, that sharp how can it how can it how can you with predictability um, you know consistent predictability get that kind of you know when you're budgeting these numbers Mm -hmm. how can you do that well you know sustainability of the health plan continuity of the health plan benefits and the continuity of behavior, consumer behavior over time, will give you the ability to reliably predict the cost.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You know, there's no fuzzy math to it.
0: As long as you can see all the math, As long as
1: you can see all the numbers. So, uh, Kemp, how long ago did we start with... Uh, direct primary care has been, we're on our sixth year now. Mm -hmm. So we're in six years, six years into direct primary care.
0: Okay. So... Do you think the entry into direct primary care was born out of some of those savings you just described from the prior years?
1: Well, partly. But you're always looking to sharpen the pencil. Sure.
0: If you're not, you're in trouble.
1: Right. And... There had been over between, you know, 2003 and 2014, I guess it was. So that wouldn't make it quite six years. That would probably be more like we're... That would be four and a half to five years into the program, and I, I apologize for. Oh, that's okay, but saying, still, you know, still
0: longer than than many of your compadres. Yeah, have
1: it, I'll, done I'll tell you the, the older I get and the longer we have consistency in our health plan, <laughs> the the dates become less relevant. <laughs>
2: sure.
1: Um, but in any case,
0: well, as they say in parenting, the the days are long but the years are short, right? That's right. <laughs>
1: So, the, you're, you know, over that period of time, there had been a lot of trendy things. Yes,
0: shiny new objects. And
1: shiny new objects, new, you know, um, that to really get the attention of Employers that are providing these these health health benefit plans, you know, and I typically uh, shied away from all of that um, because you know, and let's say wellness plans is is a is one of my favorite ones to talk about. Yes. Because there was a lot of marketing related to wellness plans. Well, show me a wellness plan that has a business plan that will deliver a return on investment.
0: Yeah, okay. I'd like to see one, too.
1: So, you know, it, it, there, there's only one that I've come across in all these years that, that can prove a return on investment, uh, and it's through Piedmont Pharmaceutical Care Network, Larry Long and the work he does Mm -hmm. but um, eventually I used uh, I I implemented the the program that Larry has as a wellness program but wellness programs just to me in general seemed to be um, an additional expense without the with with without the data without the history to back up changes in behavior or changes in overall health
2: mm-hmm.
1: so on the scene comes direct primary care and being the eternal skeptic that I am we actually uh, after being introduced to Direct primary care took about a year and a half to look at what it was, how it works, how it gets integrated into a health plan before we actually implemented direct primary care. Um, It's probably been one of the best things we've ever done besides making generic drugs available (laughs) at no cost.
0: Well, sure, it it was the next best... um tool to put in place so and you know when you talk about wellness programs and and the uh, the hype around them maybe people thought they were a solution to a, a problem that we created by having too much status quo healthcare, devaluing the primary care relationship in the first place and um, you know, shortening those visits from what they should have been down to seven or eight minutes of uh, patient care time, and then and then pushing um, those physicians into uh, what I've heard said is two hours worth of bureaucracy for every one hour's worth of, of patient care. So maybe wellness programs had their emergence <laughs> because we. Uh, spent too many years devaluing the primary care relationship in the first place?
1: Well, from my perspective, I'll tell you that, in general, 99% of the health benefit plans that are on the market today um, tend to keep the it, it, it they they actually <clears throat> while they are trying to um, save an employer you know the auspices of saving the employer money, you know, and of course making the firm is providing the, the plan money, um, they do contribute or are looking for the right word. They put up more roadblocks to access to health care than they take away.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, And you have to experience direct primary care um, for a period of time before that really starts to sink in and you really start to see it on a day-to-day basis that how restrictive... Health care actually is generally in the United States, mm-hmm. because under direct primary care, um, any of our employees can see a physician, see their physician, not just any physician, not just a physician who may be an associate in the in the practice, mm-hmm. but they see their physician.
2: Right.
1: Uh, pretty much whenever they need to. Um, and on very short notice, and mm-hmm. if they, they can certainly talk to them on the telephone, but um, with no cost. So, there really is no reason if you have a medical condition, you know, whether it be cold or virus, the flu, something more serious, whatever it may be, to, to, to go to the physician. Right. It right. takes away all of those barriers.
0: That's probably the thing that hits me the most is you've invested in eliminating the barriers and then how it turned around and paid dividends to the whole goal, um, you know. So, Kent, why don't you give us an idea about... Once you started seeing some of these successes, how did the data play out and you, you were able to document how it was all working? And, uh, and, and, and then bring us to current day. Let's talk about how, how that has tr- transitioned to today.
3: Yeah, I think that follows up with what, what Mark just said as it as regards the wellness program. Um, I think it's germane to all other aspects of the health plan too it's not only being able to, to qualify an opportunity, but to quantify the outcome of that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's multiples of very, very smart people out there with companies, and they build software systems nowadays, and they can collect data of anything that you need. Right? And they're continually taking these out to the employers, large and small, and bringing back in the data and saying, look, here's what we have. This is on your dashboard. This is who's not compliant. Here's not who's... Compliant with their with their particular drugs, as it appears to us, so forth and so on. All of that's great, but what's the actionables? Mm-hmm. You know, what do you do with that information? Um, and that's what Mark's been able to sort through the different um, different individuals, the companies that are out there to be able to uh, determine a real value back to the payers, which in this case is the is the taxpayers of of uh, Union County. I think it's interesting. Um, with the evolution of the direct primary care model, what Union County, what Mark specifically has been able to to build in this county is not only the the transparency component, and I dare use the word transparency anymore because it's been like everything else, that right. you know, that <laughs> it's kind of lost its meaning. You know, it's it's transparent to what is the question, right. or more importantly, I guess, is to who is the question. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, of transparency. But wh- what Mark has been able to accomplish here, and, uh, and I'm sure the the county commissioners and all those involved, especially especially, uh, and they're usually the, the the least people who are interviewed on these things, but the employees and their dependents. Mm-hmm. Uh, what they've been able to accomplish, what they've been able to um, have in place here is very unique. But through the, through the actual transparency of the components and knowing where all the dollars go, you know, not just the dollars that you spend for a particular premium, but what those premiums actually entail, who gets what out of those premiums, um, through all that, what they've been able to accomplish here is essentially a commercial-based medical home model. And what that means is that the employees that participate with the direct primary care piece have a home to go to. It's very simple. That that their care is directed from one particular entity, from one particular doctor, and that doctor, that physician, they know that individual better than anyone else out there when it comes to the to the medical plans. And that's how you keep people whole. Um, you know, oftentimes what we see is the the. The, the primary care physician sees the patients majority of the year, and then when something happens, a knee, a knee replacement, whatever the situation is, then they send them off to the specialist. Specialist makes all the money on the, on the procedure, sends them back to the primary care physician for um, you know for the rest of the care. Uh, direct primary care kind of ch- changes that while they still while they still s- Direct people to different places for different procedures. They're still oversee the total, the total package and, and care of that. So I think the the medical home model is something that's been used in in federal government programs for a, a period of time. It actually uh, kind of centers out of a, um, an entity here in North Carolina that was, you know, heavily involved with the. Um, the Medicaid system and uh, some of the things that they've done, CMS has actually adopted over the years. Of what you see now, so that's what what Mark and Union County's been able to accomplish here. Um, so it's it it should be. If it's not, it should be the model for the rest of the, especially the public entities because they have a, a fiduciary component back to the taxpayers of the, uh, you know, their particular of their particular areas, um, but it takes someone to and again another cliche to think outside the box. Mm -hmm. Um, It's easy and it's safe to do the things over and over again even though you're getting the same results and like Mark said there's all the new little bells and whistles it's always someone that has something new but when you strip the paint off of that vehicle you still got a 1960s model platform of which our health care has been administered Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's what Union County has has uh, changed.
0: I've said it uh, many times that so much money is being spent in these non-integrated silos where you've got the health plan, and then the prescription benefit plan, and then the wellness program, and then the on-site clinic, and then the EAP, and then the this, and then the that. And we could go on and on, and and they're all separate from each other. They're all the moving parts of a health plan. But they seem to be siloed, you know, so that they're not integrated. This medical home model really takes all of those perspectives and brings them under one umbrella, so that that direct primary care physician can be um, touching each one of those. They certainly touch the delivery of, of primary care and under the health plan and help uh, deal with the prescription benefit to its highest um, efficiency level, and then. Um, you know, certainly don't need a wellness plan if you've got a great relationship with your primary care physician, right? And then and then the on-site clinic, you can wash that away and all of those other things that are just money tacked on money, tacked on money, you can streamline all of that with a good relationship-based, value-based primary care situation.
3: And with the ex- exchange of data.
0: Mm-hmm. And Mark
3: is, will tell you that that's the, the key to... Uh, to that, and and on top of that, the data has to be legitimate data, meaning that uh, data is always legitimate in the form that is given to someone. So that's legitimate data. But what makes up that data is is oftentimes, um, for lack of a better word, uh, clouded by each one of those vendors. That's that silo that you mentioned. Uh, has their own agenda and has had their own agenda for a long time. And what Mark's been able to do here is, and what what we try to do with all of our, our clients is to is to take each one of those vendors, separate them financially, right, to where there's no dependence from the the pharmacy benefit manager to the third party administrator to whoever else is to the PPOs to all the, these things. We eliminate that. Okay, and we say how much does it take for you to perform this duty right. and a good vendor will tell you that's what here's how much it will will take if it's fair and reasonable and they're performing the duties that they want to do then they can partner with us and that's what mark's been able to over the years been able to secure he here's what it is Here amounts, here's how much it costs here's what it means to you and here's what the return on your on that particular investment is mm-hmm.
0: that's all for today join us next time for part two with Mark Watson and Kent Thomas. Thank you for joining our important discussion as we attempt to hashtag Let's Fix Healthcare. Please subscribe to our podcast and let us know what you think. For more information on the work we do at Custom Benefit Solutions, visit our website at www.custombenefits.work.